Welcome to Hope Found. This is a podcast about doing life with God. I found hope in the one and only true God through my salvation in Jesus. And I want to share my journey with God via the scriptures and personal interactions. Many of the podcasts will have a study of scriptures and others will contain interviews with other people and their stories finding hope in God. Hello and welcome back. I'm here. My name is Hope and John, my husband, is here also. Yes, I am. So I was just thinking the other day, um, we just came out of the Christmas season and one of my favorite things are the Christmas lights. Mm. And um, typically as a family, we will do a Christmas Eve dinner together as much as we can, gather as many people as we can and and do a Christmas dinner. And usually after that, we just go drive around and try to find as many Christmas lights as we can. Yeah, sometimes we have a lot of success and sometimes not so much. This is true. So, Yeah, so it's definitely one of my favorite times of year. I love all the different colors, the creativity of people and how they put up their um, massive displays of Christmas lights and other people who just say, hey, the more the better and who cares if they match (laughs) and hey, they're just everywhere and, you know, I appreciate that too. But it's definitely one of my favorite times to go around and look at Christmas lights. So, uh, John, what do you think lights help us do in general? I mean, I think lights, I mean, obviously, you just got done talking about Christmas lights. So lights can be used as um, something that's just a, a nice display or something mm-hmm. that's, you know, looks pretty or whatever. Uh, but, you know, from a more regular perspective, I mean, lights help us see. Right. You know, we use lights to... to brighten things up so we can see yeah absolutely um they can show us where to go right we have the sun that gives us the daytime so it's nice and bright and helps us know uh that it's daytime right um i talked to somebody not too long ago who had spent a couple of months in alaska Mm. and uh how they have i think it's like six months of all light and uh, or at least some period of months, and then some months that are just completely dark. Right. I don't know that I could do that. Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> it would be, especially uh, after Florida sun and how much vitamin D we get from that. But um, but yeah, so I mean, most people are used to the sunlight um, showing us when it's day and it helps us know uh, what time it is. Um, also, I was thinking of like stoplights. Right. You know, they tell us when to go and when to stop. At or least. some people, it tells them when to drive faster. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's a little frightening sometimes, but yes, exactly. Um, there's also other lights that, um, like lighthouses, mm. that lets them know, hey, we're here, here's a safe place, um, you know, just kind of like a um, like a place of harbor, a right. place of, you know, I'm, I'm here. So um, also just thinking now about the planes, Right. And we have lights that go up on towers and things to let them know, hey, I'm here. Watch out. Like, you know. <laughs> right. I'm here. Right. Don't right. fly here. <laughs> exactly. Um, another way that we use lights that kind of let other people have a warning is um, uh, our signals on our cars. Mm, yeah. You know, um, those of the those of us who use them. Right. 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 So um, what did you call them as 
growing up? What did you call those? Blinkers? Yes. 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 I called them blinkers too. Yes. I've heard a couple different people call them different things, but that's absolutely what I called them too. But you know, it's great when people use them. Yes, it is. Uh, I can remember just not too long ago, uh, we have now four drivers, all four of our children are driving. Mm. And uh, one of them at some point said, well, I was in the turning lane. So people should know that I'm turning. Why do I need to use my turn signal? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I know I didn't teach you how to drive if you're telling me that. Right. <laughs> and, and you know that I didn't teach anybody how to drive. This so. is true. This is true. So I try to emphasize that with our last one now that he is learning. Uh, so, yes. So we are talking about light today. Hmm. If you didn't pick up on that yet. Um, so I want to stretch your thinking a little bit today with this phrase. So picture that you're in a dark room and there is a lit candle. Light is not the absence of darkness, but darkness is the absence of light. So, John, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, well, yeah. Can you say it one more time? Yes, absolutely. Light is not the absence of darkness, but darkness is the absence of light. So I guess my thought on that would be, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, when when there's no light, it's dark, mm -hmm. right? So the absence of the light is dark, mm -hmm. um, but dark just it just is, right? So light is something more tangible that I, I guess uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but that's mm -hmm. light is the thing that comes in and then the darkness goes away, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just kind of thinking about okay so the absence of darkness if you take away darkness yeah you still have darkness there's just darkness <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it equals more darkness right. right it's just it like you said darkness is darkness right you try to take it away and it's just more darkness but when light invades darkness has to go right so light pushes back the darkness so if you're thinking about that flame if that flame was to get bigger there would just be more light and less darkness. Mm -hmm. So let's look at Genesis 1-2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So at the very beginning of life as we know it, there was darkness. Then in verse 3, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Darkness existed and light was created and pushed back the darkness. Mm. Knowing that the light spectrum holds all the colors, have you ever thought about the moment God said light, that he created every color that we could ever imagine? Mm. I don't think I thought of it that way before, but yeah. I mean, if, if, that's, where, if that's where colors are in light... <laughs> Right. So it it wasn't light wasn't just the the thing that he created. I mean, he created the light, but yeah, right. he created the colors with it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about all of creation and what came out after that, right. it it all had color. So if there was no light, sure. Maybe there would be no color. Yeah. I don't know. These are just kind of like the random thoughts that I think about. <laughs> well, and our kids already think that you know, the world existed in black and white. Right. <laughs> anyway, so. Just slightly before we were born. <laughs> right, slightly. 
Yes, absolutely. But I think that that's a pretty cool thing. Um, I really look forward to in heaven. Like I can't even imagine the colors. I think that the couple of times that the that heaven is referenced in the Bible, um, in between Isaiah and John the Revelator, and and I think that they use all the English words that they could possibly, or maybe it wasn't English at the time, but you know they try to express it as much as they can with human language. But I don't think that there's any human language can that can explain in my mind the colors that really are in heaven. Right. I think that they're just gonna just be so incredible sure like maybe we've never even seen them before sure so that's just kind of the things that i think about when i think he said light and it just was like so amazing more than just hey it's daytime you know (laughs) right (laughs) right very cool so light is not the absence of darkness but darkness is the absence of light it's just something to think about The most significant light is the light that you cannot see with the natural eye. The most significant light is one that can only be revealed by Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the Word, who was with God from the very beginning of time as we know it. Everything was made through Jesus. In Jesus is life, and that life is the light of man. Jesus is light, and the darkness did not comprehend that light, because the most significant light is the one that can only be revealed by Holy Spirit. I believe that this is an ongoing process of revealing. The Holy Spirit will continue to reveal Jesus to us as the light and all different parts of Jesus um, as we seek him. Uh, So the darkness did not comprehend him. Before the Holy Spirit, um, the disciples had lots of questions about understanding what Jesus said. (laughs) He many times spoke in parables or riddles that that they just did not get. And it even shows us a couple times in the Bible how, you know, the disciples get Jesus alone and they're like, okay. And I'm pretty sure they got him alone first because they didn't want to appear as though they didn't understand what he said. <laughs> right. So they kind of pulled him to the side and they're saying, hey, um, so you were talking about the seeds and uh, what? What does that all mean? What are the different grounds and everything? So then Jesus had to explain to them. But um, I believe it's reflected in the Bible that once the Holy Spirit was here, that he revealed the, the meanings behind it into today, um, that's how we can understand Jesus as the light and scripture as a whole, not that we can comprehend all of it. Some of it's outside of our understanding just because of our limits as humans, but um, the Holy Spirit brings those revelations to us. Right, so it was almost as if uh, he was giving them infor- information through those parables or through those um, conversations that weren't meant to make sense in that moment. It was like, I'm going to say this, but then your aha moment will come once the Holy Spirit comes, and then all of these things that I've already told you will now, the the light will be turned on. It will make sense. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great way to put it. Um, 
and I believe it's the same way with us today. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why there's mystery in the word. There's a reason why if you just try to read it with your own understanding that we have a very hard time comprehending it. We could probably make it squeeze and fit into a box that we can understand, but it's not meant to be like that. It was never meant to read just for truth. Um, it's meant to read with the Holy Spirit. Um, many times people think that God wrote the Bible and hid things from us in it, but that's not the purpose. He hid things for us in the word. Mm. And as we read the word with the Holy Spirit, he brings those revelations to us. And it's not just one singular revelation. Um, it's I could read a passage and anybody who reads the Bible on a regular basis can tell you, you can read the same passage over and over and over and over and over again. And every time with the Holy Spirit, he can shed light on a different part or apply it a different way to whatever the situation is that you that you're in or just show you something new. It's just that's why it's alive and it's living and it's it's breathing. Mm -hmm. The word of God is like no other written word ever. And um, and that's the the amazingness <laughs> of it, if yeah. that's a word uh, with the Holy Spirit, how he reveals things to us. Yeah. So, um, so Jesus declares himself as the light of the world. John 9, 4, and 5 says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He's explaining while he's here on earth, that it is day. I must do the works the Father has sent me to do. Jesus is expressing a sense of urgency here. I don't know if you can tell it, but he is. He has a very short time of ministry here on earth. He knows that he has limited time to reach as many people as he can. And he only did what the Father showed him to do. He only, it says in the Bible that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. And I think it's pretty amazing. I heard reference just not too long ago, which I've heard it before, but it's amazing that um, it's said in his word that we just see a kind of like a glimpse of the things that Jesus did here on earth. But if, if someone was to write down everything that he did in those short three years of his life, before he died and then went up to heaven after raising again. Let's not forget that part. Um, that if somebody wrote down everything that he did, that there are not enough books in the world to contain wow. everything that he did. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. You know, and when he's our example, that's pretty crazy. So he definitely had a sense of urgency in him. His heart was to love the people and to draw them to God the Father and doing what the Father showed him to do to draw them near him. Mm -hmm. um, and he is absolutely prime example for us. Um, so not to run around doing things like crazy. Like I have the sense of urgency. I'm just going to run around and do as much as I think that I should do. That's not. I don't believe the urgency that Jesus was showing here because it specifically says he only did what the father showed him. 
So we do need to follow his example in spending that time with God. And as God reveals his heart to us, then we walk in those things. But it's good and healthy to have a sense of urgency that, um, you know, I don't want to be one of those Christians that's just can't wait till Jesus comes. Of course, I want to I want to see Jesus come. Of course, I want to go to heaven. Um, that's, you know, absolutely. But I, I don't want to be one of those Christians that just is satisfied with that. I want to bring as many people along with me as I can. I, I want a purpose in my life to make the kingdom fuller. Mm-hmm. That's something that you say a lot of times, Yeah, you know, when we're praying about certain things, you know, that's our goal. Our goal is to make the kingdom fuller. And, um, and so I, that's why I'm doing this, yeah. <laughs> you know, hopefully reaching other lives, hopefully encouraging other people to get out there and, and do what, um, the father is showing you to do. Let's define spiritual darkness. Darkness is worldliness, not the world, because we know that God loved the world. In John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves the people of the world. Let's not confuse worldliness with the people of the world. Darkness is worldliness. And worldliness, in short, is self-gratification. I think it's probably the most basic, if it boils down to self-gratification, it's equal to worldliness or darkness. When you live and you just do whatever you like, whatever makes you happy, do it. It doesn't matter how you achieve it or who you might hurt on the way, as long as you get what you quote unquote deserve. Mm. Burger King, (laughs) have it your way. Right. I understand the concept. It's get the food the way you want it. You can be particular, whatever. But that whole have it your way just hits me the wrong way. (laughs) It just, it feels like that self-gratification. I believe it was Frank Sinatra that's saying, I I did it. I I did it my way? Yes, Yes. I did it my way. Um, Yuck. (laughs) That's all I got (laughs) to say. Because God's way is always better than my way. But when you are living a worldly lifestyle, you wanted to do it your way. You know, I did it my way, did, you know, the best that I could do. So we are born into worldliness. Human nature equals self-gratification. It just does. That's what we're born into because we're born into sin. Once we submit ourselves to Jesus and choose to follow him, he purchases us by his blood. He died for our sins so that we could live forever with him and not die spiritually. He purchased me. I no longer belong to myself. I belong to him and I live for him. This is where self-gratification ends. This lifestyle might seem very unattractive to many people. They might be thinking, I have to give up everything. I'll never be happy again. But when we submit ourselves to our creator, who loves us more than we could ever know, it is the most freeing and fulfilling life that you could ever know. Yeah. I mean, and there's no 
other way to really express it until someone just actually chooses to do it and steps into it. Yeah, I think it's something that you just, it doesn't make sense until you experience it. Because you're right, uh, at surface level, it, it gives the, the appearance that when I give up control and when I give up what I want and when I give up, it's it's all about what I give up. You know, that's the idea of 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 where you can you can make your mind go there. Right. But once you've done that, you realize that God blesses you in abundance more than you could have ever done on your own. And and that's the amazing part of right. who he is and the amazing part of of the experience that you have once you're once you've made that that commitment and that surrender. Right. And I mean, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here for a long while and it only is literally getting better every day, yeah. every day as we submit more and it's more of him. And listen, this doesn't mean that you with your personality is going to get lost because he created us. He created us with our individual personalities, with our individual uh, characteristics and there are no one of us that are the same as another. And for how many people there are and who who have always been, if you look at all of since mm-hmm. the beginning, you know, that's a whole lot of different. Yeah. And and he creates us differently for a purpose. And so I don't believe that, you know, we enter this lifestyle and, and we can we, we do need to die. We do need to do that. But when he brings that life into us, he's it's not just as a robot. Right. It's to bring those things that he created in us to life, to the purpose that it was created for. So we don't get lost in it whenever we die. We just come back alive to live the life that we were meant to live. Right. Right. So earlier we were talking about um, how lights can show us where to go. Jesus is the word and the light. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Jesus leads us as a light by the written word of God and by his spoken word via the Holy Spirit. Reading the word and leading into the leading of the Holy Spirit is life. We've been making lots of references to that, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit today. And doing those two things is life. It is life. Light leads us to life. And darkness leads us to death. John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 12, 46, Jesus says, I have come as the light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Clearly, Jesus is calling us out of darkness, out of worldliness and into his light. We are to walk in the light. This reminds me of that song. <laughs> Want to be in the light. Right. <laughs> um, so as, as a child, I remember thinking many things that are spiritual very literally and one of these things we always we always heard got to walk in the light walk in the light um I don't know how old I was I want to think I was probably five or six but I can literally remember not walking into a room until the light was on Hmm. 
I can remember reaching around and feeling the light switch and turning it on before I walked in the room. It's smart to do that anyway. <laughs> That's the thing they forget to do in every TV show. That's like, true. why are you continuing to walk in a dark space? Just flick the light on. Right, right. They're coming in to like investigate a, a murder and no in, one thinks the to dark. turn the light on. <laughs> right. But I, I very much did that because, I mean, as a child, I think most of us are pretty literal in our thinking. And so hearing that in church was walk in the light. Well, I wanted to make sure I never was walking in darkness. So I always <laughs> turned on the light. Um, but spiritually, yeah, that's pretty much what it's relaying. So I always wanted to make sure that I was always walking in the light. John 12, 35 and 36. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light these things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Jesus says that we need to become sons of light. In Matthew five fourteen through 16, Jesus tells us, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a, light, on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In almost all these verses, Jesus is making it clear that he will not be on earth in the physical form for very long. So he is passing along the torch to us, pun intended. Mm-hmm. He's passing along the torch. He is the light, and now he is calling us to be sons of light. How are we light? Living in the light of Jesus, living for him. I die daily so that Jesus can live through me. I pick up my cross and I follow Jesus. I do what pleases Jesus. I follow his example. I submit all to him because he has what's best for me. A long time ago, I was teaching a children's church, and I was trying to explain this same concept of being the light of the world, and God gave me the idea of glow-in-the-dark. Did you um, have anything that was like glow-in-the-dark stuff, like growing up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had glow-in-the-dark stars, you know, sometimes I put on the ceiling. I had a glow-in-the-dark... Uh, I don't know what the world it was. This little um, glow-in-the-dark worm thing, like a little hmm. inchworm thing. Uh, I think it was something that came from Avon or something that my mom had got at one point in time. But it was this little thing, and and it sat on the shelf, and it would glow in the dark. So I remember some of those things that would glow in the dark. We didn't when I was a kid. It wasn't the you know you didn't have the glow bracelets where you'd crack it and it would just start glowing on its own. Yeah, you actually I didn't had so to much, hold yeah. things up to the light in order to for them to get charged up or however you want to look at that yeah so yeah. they would glow exactly exactly and that's the kind of stuff i had too we didn't have any of these glow sticks that like you know you crack it and this chemical reaction happens and you just hope the thing doesn't like break through the plastic because when you crack it you can hear something right. breaking inside yeah we didn't have that either we just had the regular i can remember mostly the bracelets that were glow in the dark yeah 
So, but when you take it like right out of the box, it doesn't usually work very well, right? Whatever, whatever the thing is, it's been in a box or whatever, you know, to be sold. Mm -hmm. And I can remember like, you know, trying to hide it in my hand and try to like peek in as much as I could to try to see if it was glowing. And a lot of times it just didn't glow very well at the beginning. But like you said, having it sit in some sunlight would actually make it work better. Mm -hmm. And so I would put it like on a windowsill and usually natural light was the best light for it to sit in. And then it would glow like great for a while. And so just like the glow in the dark things, um, we need to sit in the sun, S-O-N, light. Mm -hmm. As we sit in the sunlight, in Jesus's light, we will begin to be able to glow. Yeah. So the time spent in the light of Jesus in his presence helps us to shine and be the light in the dark world. Moses is a great example and gives us a supernatural, natural picture of shining for God. The time that Moses spent with God up in the cloud on Mount Sinai, he would actually physically glow. Exodus 34, 29 through 35 says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came uh, back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, he saw, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went to speak with the Lord again. So I think this is a pretty awesome story. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine uh, how awesome that was. And obviously, if they were afraid of it, it was pretty amazing. Right. I mean, yes, it's like not. Like he didn't just have like a little glimmer or a little sheen. It wasn't like the light was reflecting off of him. Right. He wasn't like dusted with a little bit of gold. I think that he was really, really. Sure. Literally shining. Yeah. Um, which is just, it's just such an amazing thing. So the, the key to being the light of the world is spending that time with God. And we can remember, remember, I mean, it's, it is all but literally spelled out for us in the story. I mean, that is how we are the light of the world is spending time in God's presence. And the presence of God is also referred to as the glory of God. Moses spent that time in the glory of God and he shined or shone. He glowed because of it. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. We are clearly called to be the light of the world. 
a light that reflects the glory or the presence of God. Isaiah 60 calls us to the privilege of rising and shining. When we live from God's presence, people will be drawn to his light. Listener, are you brave enough to rise and shine? Will you spend intentional time with Jesus and come out shining for those around you to point them to salvation? I challenge you to join me and rise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you. Until next time, continue to trust in the one and only true God. We'll see you next time.